I hope everyone has had a meaningful fast thus far. The Mesilis Yisharim writes in the beginning of his Sefer, Hachibur Hazer, when he describes what the modus operandi is, what he's trying to do in his Sefer, Mesilis Yisharim. He writes, Lo asher lo yadu. I'm not trying to teach people something that they don't yet know. All I'm trying to do in this Sefer, Mesilis Yisharim, this classical work, is to remind people of what they already know so good and well. Sometimes when we know something which is so familiar to us, even though something is so obvious to everybody that we know, so too we find sometimes that the neglect is often in the same proportion to the amount that we know it. And therefore, the same I feel is with regard to the Divrei Torah this evening. We're going to focus a little bit on in Yanni Eretz Yisrael. As we know, we're entering now the three weeks. Shivasar Batamas is to commemorate a lot of uh, tragic times that happened with regard to Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim. So as we begin this beginning, uh, this period of mourning for Eretz Yisrael, most of what we'll say probably is going to be obvious to many, but sometimes that's where we neglect. Sometimes that's uh, often neglected, as the Messiah Shisharim tells us. So perhaps we'll just review a couple of interesting ideas. The Vilnagon, as many of us might be familiar, the Vilnagon set out on a pilgrimage to Eretz Yisrael. He sent many of his Talmidim to go and live in Eretz Yisrael to inhabit many different parts of Eretz Yisrael. And half of the Talmidim went to Yerushalayim. The other group went to Tzvat. And there was a big disagreement between the Talmidim whether they should be living in Tzvat or in Yerushalayim or if they should be staying in Europe altogether. Abchaim Velazhener, as we know, stayed in Europe. He didn't go with all the other Talmidim Vilnagon. So there's a letter that was sent from the Talmidim who actually went to Eretz Yisrael. They sent a letter back to the Talmidim who stayed back in Chutzlar, to so those who remained in Europe. And this is the letter. Ha'eretz mivaseres. Ha'eretz misoreres. Listen to this beautifully poetic letter. How they wrote about their experience in Eretz Yisrael when they just got there. The Eretz Yisrael is mivaseres. The Eretz Yisrael is misoreres. It arouses us. Eretz Malashon Omeris. You want to know what is the language? What exactly is Eretz Yisrael itself telling us? What is it saying to you, Jews who live in Chutzlaretz? Listen what they write. They're speaking on behalf of Eretz Yisrael. I remember the days in which I, Eretz Yisrael, was a robust and a powerful entity. I was the great power in the world. I remember when I was the one who hosted the Shekhinah, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, HaTeres Teferes, lived and dwelled his Shekhinah in Eretz Yisrael. Don't you think that now that the Shekhinah is no longer here, that there's no Beis Hamikdash, so to speak, don't think that there's anything lacking in my land. I'm still here, I'm still strong, I'm still robust, I'm still powerful. And all the great things that used to be here are still here and will continue to be here forever. When you live in my land, the Torah will become clarified, it will become elucidated. In my land, the Yerushamayim that you have becomes stronger. In my land in Eretz Yisrael, your Neshama becomes unrestrained, it becomes freed, it becomes liberated. And as Eretz Yisrael, Madu'a Ani Shechachores. Why am I desolate? Why am I forsaken? Why am I uninhabited? I am unattended. I'm left all alone. Why is this the case? Cries out Eretz Yisrael to the Jews who are living in Chutzlaretz. 
Halo ani Eretz Chemda? Am I not the land, the delight, the charm that the Torah speaks about all over? Throughout all the Psukim we have so many beautiful descriptions about how Eretz Yisrael is the Chemda, is the charm, is supposed to be the delight of the Jewish people. I am greater than both Olam Hazeh and Olam Abba together. I am the greatest experience that you can ever have. Why is it that I'm thrown, I'm cast away, I'm thrown down? Underneath all other Dram Shebekdusha, Lios Acharon Shebeacharonim, Velo Rishon Shebeacharonim. And the letter goes on and on, but this beautiful description speaks powerfully to us about how much we have neglected, how much we've forsaken Eretz Yisrael. And even though we go and we visit and we send money and we try our best to show interest, but Eretz Yisrael is wondering, why am I Acharon Shebeacharonim Lechol Dover Shebekdusha? Why am I left to be last for all other things that are on our list of priorities? Why is Eretz Yisrael the last one on our list? Rav Kook writes in his Sefer Mishpat Koin in the Hakdama, where he tried to encourage people to learn about the mitzvahs Hatzliyiz Baaretz, he tried to encourage his Talmidim to understand what it is, the rules that govern Eretz Yisrael, the laws that we have to keep when we live in Eretz Yisrael. And he writes him this, Or Luma Bishkido Vedeya Nechonev, we are careful, says Rav Kook, to learn carefully all of the halachas that pertain to living in Eretz Yisrael. Our study will automatically bring, says Rav Kook, it will bring for us to have the opportunity to actually fulfill these portions of the Torah that right now we don't have a chance to do. Unfortunately, says Rav Kook, there's a flip side to the story as well. We have to understand if we do not, if we neglect and we don't pay attention, says Rav Kook, we are causing our own destiny. We're causing that we are going to remain in the Gullus and the exile for longer than we expected. We have cast away this portion of the Torah which deals with all the mitzvahs with all the mitzvahs that pertain to living in Eretz Yisrael and therefore he says al a direct result of that. A direct correlation is al therefore we have distanced ourselves as well from the Yeshua. Rabbi Moshe Hamburger who was one of the Talmidim of the Chsam Sofer writes that he had a little bit of Azaz Panim he had a little bit of Chutzpah when he was living in the confines of the home of the Chassam Sofer. So he says, on Erev Tishabav, the Chassam Sofer told all of his Talmidim that she was over because as we know, one is not allowed to learn on Erev Tishabav after Chatzos. And the Chassam Sofer went into his study. And this Talmud or Moshe Hamburger was wondering, what exactly is the Chassam Sofer possibly doing in his study? What could it be? He's not allowed to be learning. Not understanding exactly what the question is. There are things that one is allowed to learn on Erev Tishabav. So I don't know why Rav Moshe Hamburger was so troubled, but he says he was very troubled. What exactly was the Chassam Sofer doing? And he said he went and he peeked through the peak hole to see what is his Rebbe, the Chassam Sofer, going to be doing. He invaded the privacy of his Rebbe. And he says, Ha'azti Panai Berebi, he himself confesses that he had chutzpah. He was inappropriate in the way he acted. He tzatzti derechor hamanal, I went to look in through the keyhole. Umanora shenigla and how incredible it was, the sight that I was so privileged to see, albeit doing something that I really should not have done. Isha Elohim, he describes a vision of his Rebbe, the Chassam Sofer. Yoshevu Mekonin al Churman Abayis. The Chassam Sofer was sitting there and mourning over the fact that we don't have a Beis Amigdash. Al Yado Munach Sefer, 
he had in one hand a book, a sefer, Ubiyado, and in his other hand he had a kos, he had a cup, asherletocha, hizil de maosav adshenis male. He was filling up the cup with his tears that he held in this other hand until the entire cup became full. And when my Rebbe the Chsam Sofer sat down to eat the Suda Mafsekes, Logam he sat and he drank down his egg. He drank down the piece of bread that he was eating with the ashes, with his whole cup of tears that he had just cried over the Churban Beis Hamikdash. There's an incredible point that's made by one of the Gedolim from their last generation that if you look throughout the pages of Chumash, you'll notice something very striking. The first time the Rabbanu Shalom has a conversation with all of the great leaders of the Jewish people, it always seems to be about Eretz Yisrael. The first time you'll notice, the first time HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a conversation with Avraham Avinu, what is it about? Go to Eretz Yisrael. This is obviously something which is supposed to be on the forefront of our consciousness. It's supposed to be something we think about all the time. It's the first time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke Avraham Avinu, it was a bad Eretz Yisrael. You go a little further in history. Yitzchak Avinu, what's the first time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself to Yitzchak? I'll not tered Mitzrayim. Shechon Ba'aretz Hazos. I don't want you to leave. You belong in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is important and it's something you have to always remind yourself about. You go a little later to Yaakov Avinu. What's the first time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself to Yaakov Avinu? What is that? By Yaakov Avinu goes and he falls asleep and Einzeki and Beis Elohim. I'm shocked that I fell asleep in a place which is actually the Makam HaMikdash. And Hashem says to him, I understand. I will bring you back to Eretz Yisrael. Again, we find Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. We go a little further. Moshe Rabbeinu. The first encounter he is privileged to have with the Shechina is at the Sneh. And what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell him there? Ra'oraisi, I have seen the terrible state in which the Jewish people find themselves in. But don't worry, there's going to come a time well, I will bring you back. I'm sorry, that's by Yaakov. And then we find by Moshe Rabbeinu that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Don't worry, I'm going to bring you. But I'm going to bring you to an Eretz of Aschalavudvash again. The first time he speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu and then again by Yehoshua ben Nun is always about Eretz Yisrael because this is something that is so important for us to remember. That all the Jewish leaders needed to be reminded of it as well. This is the first thing the Rabbanu Shalom is going to speak to you about because it is so central to everything we believe in. And even Moshe Rabbeinu himself, who we know was the greatest Jewish leader, the Gemara says a very striking statement in Sachem Daf Kuf When the Gemara describes what happens, there's going to come a time, La'asid Lavo, where Yasa HaKadosh Baruch Hu Suda La'atzadikim. La'asid Lavo HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to make some sort of party, he's going to make some sort of Suda, a gathering, where all the Tzadikim are going to get together and there's going to be a problem. You have so many great Tzadikim from all the generations spanning through all the millennia. Who's going to bench Mizumin? Who are we going to be mechabit to bench the Mazuman? This is the problem that the Gemara Psachim describes. By this Suda that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to make for the Tzaddikim, well, should we ask Rabbi Kiva Eger? Should we ask the Chassam Sofer? Should we ask all the great leaders? Well, how can you ask any of them if Moshe Rabbeinu is in the room also? So the Gemara says, all of them turn to Moshe Rabbeinu and they say, well, let's be mechabit Moshe Rabbeinu. After all, he's Adon Hanavim. Moshe Rabbeinu is the greatest leader we ever had. Let's ask him to bench. And says the Gemara Moshe Rabbeinu feels that he is not deemed appropriate to get honor in the presence of others. And why is that? Says the Gemara, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Yes, I am Adon Hanavim. Yes, I was the greatest of the leaders that the Jewish people ever saw. 
but I never stepped foot into Eretz Yisrael, not in my lifetime and not after I passed away, and therefore I am, so to speak, deficient. I am not a complete person. And there may be people who are not as great as I was, but because they had an experience of being in Eretz Yisrael, they far surpass anything that I can do. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu passes on the cup of wine and he says, I want somebody else to bench, because they are greater than even Moshe Rabbeinu himself. The Sefer Haredim, the Haredim lived at a time in the, in the uh, second half of the 1500s, early 1600s, he was living at the same time as Rabbi Yosef Karo, as many other Gedolim, Rabbi Shlomo Alkabetz, Rabbi Chaim Vital. So the Sefer Haredim also describes a very beautiful description of what we're supposed to feel toward Eretz Yisrael. We have to love, we have to cherish the experiences that we have to come and visit Eretz Yisrael. We have to come with an eagerness, with a yearning, how much we die to have an experience in Eretz Yisrael. The beautiful imagery that you have of a child who's waiting, who's looking for the mother that's going to give the child sustenance. That is what we're supposed to feel when we talk about Eretz Yisrael. says the Sefer Charedim. What got us into this whole problem in the first place was the fact, Yan Ma'asnuba, it's because we didn't appreciate what Eretz Yisrael had to offer us. It's because when the Meraglim came back and they gave an evil report about Eretz Yisrael, we weren't interested and we didn't want to go for it. We didn't want to go ahead and see what the Rabbanu Shalom had in store for us. In the late 1800s, the early 1900s, there was one of the great gedolim of the time, was Rameir Simcha Midvinsk, the Arsameach. And he was asked to write a haskama on a sefer that was written about the uh, Shivas Tzion. Somebody wrote a sefer in his time about coming back to Eretz Yisrael. It was a theory in that time. This person didn't really write the sefer because he was living there, but he wanted that people should at least be excited about the opportunity that maybe one day we'll go back to Eretz Yisrael. And he went to Rameir Simcha, to the Arsameach, and he asked him, Please can I have a haskama on the Sefer? Says the Arsameach. Hine Dalyakiri. He says back to this person who wrote the beautiful Sefer, Shiva Sion. Kilaharos godel ha mitzvah azosumalasa hu moser. You need my haskama? When you write a Sefer about Shiva Sion, you think you need somebody to re-emphasize the importance of Shiva Sion? You think you need me, the Arsameach, to tell you that this is an important work? It can't be. That's not why I'm writing haskama. Who in the right mind would ever have a question whether Shivas Tzion is of the utmost importance? Who wouldn't buy your Sefer when they see a Sefer called Shivas Tzion? They're going to look inside to see the Dar Sameach give a Haskama? He writes, this cannot be the reason why you're asking me. Didn't he promise us from time immemorial, the Rabbanu Shalom has been promising us that we're going to come back to the land and now if people have an opportunity, you think they're going to question that opportunity? You think they're not going to jump on it and go with eagerness to Eretz Yisrael and enjoy the experience that they have there? It's impossible. You, can look, you look in the Stechemed, who wrote an encyclopedia and he had many correspondence with a lot of Gedolim of his time. And he had a beautiful correspondence with the Arach HaShulchan. Rach HaShulchan writes to him that there came a time where people weren't buying the Esrogim, the Dalaminim from Eretz Yisrael. It was much cheaper to buy the Esrog from next door. It was much cheaper to buy the Esrog from my own country. Why should I buy from Eretz Yisrael? He says this Techemed, such biting words, he says, The proper attitude, the proper perspective that we're supposed to have is we should run to take the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. 
We should run if we have an opportunity to get those fruits and to enjoy them. We should take that any day over the fruits of our own country. I can't understand. How do we have so little respect for God Himself? Where is our respect for the Torah itself? How many times do we find that the Psukim speak about the beauty, the splendor, the incredible greatness of Eretz Yisrael and now you have an opportunity to get a fruit to buy an Esrach from Eretz Yisrael and you pass up that chance? Where is your respect, he says, for Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moshe Rabbeinu is pleading with his life, all I want is to see Eretz Yisrael, all I want is an experience and you have the chance and you just let it go? You don't allow yourself to enjoy the experience that you're given to just soak up Eretz Yisrael, to enjoy that time, to enjoy that moment that you're going to have of having an encounter with the Shechina, of having an encounter with Paris of Eretz Yisrael. I think part of the root of what we go wrong, of where we have an issue with this is, the Pasuk says in Parashas, Says the Medrash, what do you mean in the Son Allah? And He will give it to you. He gave it to us already. He promised us already in the times of Abraham Avinu. He promised us so many times. And He gave it to us. We had so many experiences going to Eretz Yisrael, says the Medrash. Unasan Allah, you know what it means in the current state. Unasan Allah, I will give it to you now. We should never view Eretz Yisrael as something which we got, as an heirloom, something that we got from Avram Avinu. Imagine, I'm too young to understand, but for those who were alive to see and experience what it felt like in 1948, how did everybody feel in that time? Is there anyone who had a question how much they loved Eretz Yisrael at that point? Was there a question, can you imagine what it felt like in the times of Yoshua ben Nun, the first time they came into Eretz Yisrael? Can you imagine the build-up that they had so many years in the Midbar waiting to go to Eretz Yisrael and then they thought they were going to lose it because of the Miraglim and then they're giving it back? Can you imagine the exhilarating feeling that they had when they finally come to Eretz Yisrael? Can you imagine? Unasan Allah says the Medrash, this is what we're supposed to feel. When we think about Eretz Yisrael, it's not Yerusha Sabasenu. You cannot just think about Eretz Yisrael as something that we take for granted. Imagine it's the first day after 1948. It's the first day after we get to liberate this land and now it's ours. Imagine the exhilarating feelings and that's what we're supposed to feel each and every time that we have the opportunity to think about Eretz Yisrael as the Balatanya writes as well. We have to remember, we have to evoke that old love that we had. We should allow it to burn up inside of us like a, fl- like a flame. To imagine as if today was the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the chance to have Eretz Yisrael. We have a Gemara at the end of Ksubas for those who are learning the Dafyomi. So we just finished Ksubas a couple of weeks ago. And the last Gemara in Ksubas says that there were many Amaram who used to go to Eretz Yisrael. And when they got there, they were so overwhelmed. The Gemara says, Rabbi Abba have menashe kipu da'ako. When Rabbi Abba used to come to Eretz Yisrael, Tosis says in the beginning of Gittin, has a whole discussion where exactly is Ako? Is it part of Eretz Yisrael? Not part of Eretz Yisrael? But let's assume that Ako is a part of Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Abba would come there and he was so overwhelmed, he would sit there and kiss the ground of Eretz Yisrael. How do we know, says the Gemara? 
Because the Pasuk says, Ki Your servants, the Jewish people, loved Eretz Yisrael so much and therefore they're even willing to kiss it. They're even willing to roll in the dirt of Eretz Yisrael even if it's going to make them dirty, even if it's not clean. But they love it so much, they just want to soak up every part of the experience that they possibly can. There's a very beautiful insight that's made by one of the Geri Rebbes where he points out that you look, whenever you have a sugya in Shas, and Rashi gives a commentary on the sugya, so Rashi always writes a Dibra Maschil, Rashi always writes, he quotes a line from the Gemara, and then he gives his explanation, Dibra Maschil is in the bold, and then the explanation is in the smaller letters, for those of us using the newer Gemaras. So over here, the Geri Rebbe pointed out, you look in Rashi, Rashi quotes the Gemara, he quotes the Gemara that quotes the Pasuk that we're supposed to be so enthralled with Eretz Yisrael, with Yerushalayim, with a love. And Rashi doesn't go on to explain anything. The whole Rashi is in bold and there's no small letters. So, for those of us who think about Gersology, so you'll say, well, Rashi's just telling us, Rashi's Gemara obviously had a different Gersa, so Rashi's just telling us what the proper Gersa should have been. The Geri Rebbe says, perhaps there's a different suggestion. If you look carefully, and everyone can look it up, it's in Ksubas Daf Kufyud Bey's the last Daf. Rashi leaves out one word from the Gemara. Rashi leaves out the word Shanemar. Says the Ger Rebbe, you know what Rashi is coming to teach us? A profound lesson by leaving out the word. He doesn't have to explain anymore. Says Rashi, you don't have to kiss the ground of Eretz Yisrael because Shanemar. We don't kiss and love the ground of Eretz Yisrael because the Pusik tells us to. We love the ground of Eretz Yisrael because we love the ground of Eretz Yisrael. Because we feel so close to it. Because we feel an intimate connection to everything that Eretz Yisrael represents. And the Ger Rebbe writes, this is what Rashi is coming to teach us by leaving out the word Shanemar. That the Amoraim did not kiss the ground of Eretz Yisrael because it says it in a Pasuk. They kissed the ground of Eretz Yisrael because they felt such a burning love for everything that Eretz Yisrael was able to offer them. And this is something we should feel as well. When we contemplate Eretz Yisrael, let's just close with the closing words of the Sefer HaKuzari. Kuzari, as we know, is a very interesting dialogue between the Melach HaKuzarim, a non-Jewish king, and one of the great Talmud HaChachamim, who responded to many of his problems, many of his questions that he had on the Jewish religion. And he closes the whole Sefer. Such powerful words, says the Kuzari. Anyone who's responsible for making other people love this land, for making other people think just for a moment about Eretz Yisrael throughout their day. Roy l'schar below Suffolk. I can assure you, says the Kuzari, you will be destined to get great schar for what you have done. Vu mekarev eis bo tikvasenu. And you will single-handedly bring about the closer end to our bitter galus. Kemashanemar atasakim terachim tzion. And then he ends off the Sefer. Zosal Meris, this teaches us, Yerushalayim loti bane. Yerushalayim will not be rebuilt, we will not have Eretz Yisrael back in our own control. Unless we feel a burning love, a burning desire, tachlis hatshuka, the greatest feelings, the greatest love, the most intense feeling a person can ever have. We have to feel this even for the inanimate, even for the dust, even for the stones, even for that which we feel we get nothing from. But it's still part of Eretz Yisrael. It's something we should love and it's something we should always remember is Chadashim. It's something new. 
and it's something that every day Kiilu Hayom Nitna Yiratsan Shaniska Kulana Bikarov to be Musameh and Eretz Yisrael. And Kla Yisrael should have only Simchas together and only Basuras Tovas. I wish everyone a wonderful evening.